0: You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour 2 of Sportsnet
1: Today rolling on here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We're live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement. even DL Basement Systems. Com. Flames Talk and NFL Talk in Hour 1. If you missed any of it, check us out on the podcast. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Still to come on the program, we'll check in with Justin Cuthbert from Sportsnet. Chatting all things William Nylander and the Toronto Maple Leafs after his big contract extension was signed and made official today with former Flames GM Brad Treliving. But right now... Very excited to kick off Hour 2, heading down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcome in Flames Prospect and Calgary Wranglers forward Cole Schwint. Wranglers fresh off two wins against the Henderson Silver Knights, including a win Saturday night at the Scotiabank on Cole, thanks for the time today, man. How are you?
2: Not too bad. How are
1: you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, big win for your club on Saturday to finish off that uh, back-to-back with Henderson. How did that one feel going to, uh, the extra distance in the shootout?
2: Yeah, no, it's not too often you see a game uh, go all the way through overtime zero zero. So, um, you know, nice for us to come out with the win. Um, Wolfie stood tall for us back there, and you uh, know, we feel good uh, heading into this weekend of games.
1: Uh, yeah, surprise, surprise that uh, thirty two was solid for you guys, eh?
2: Yeah, no, it seems like every time um, you know I, I talk to anybody, it's there's always something about Wolfie in there, um, you know and it's the same thing every time. He's he's an ultimate competitor. He's an unbelievable goaltender, and uh, you know he's, he's somebody that I'm happy to to play in front of every night.
1: In the few interactions I've had with him when he's been up with the Flames, Cole, he seems like he's got a really a really cool kind of quiet confidence about him. Is that something you would uh, agree with being his teammate?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, to be that good, and um, you know, knowing that moving forward he's he's obviously going to play in the NHL um whether whether that is or whatever that is and um you know for him to come and play with us and um you know just give it 110 percent every single night um you know you have to have that that swagger that confidence and um you know for for being with him every single day um you know he's he's got such a calm head and um he's he's a great player and you know somebody that I really enjoy being around the rink with
1: uh you had the shootout winner on Saturday were you uh, planning going five hole the whole way or do you sort of uh, adjust things as you see the goaltender's movements on a shootout attempt.
2: Yeah, that one there, uh I talked uh I think it was probably a week prior, just about a couple of shootout options uh with the goalie coach we have with the Wranglers. Uh he's McKenzie Skasky, great mind. Um, you know, he's he's done wonders with Wolfie and, and with Dansker and um, you know, he he kinda mentioned something I, I'd done that move or kinda came in. We did a couple of drills where that that had worked and He kind of just floated that by me, saying like that might work. You know, if you you get that in a shootout, and um you know, lucky enough, it it, uh, found its way in the back of the net.
1: Yeah, you were the only one to find the back of the net on Saturday, and that was sort of different than the game you guys had Friday against Henderson. I'm, I'm curious how that happens with those AHL games. Always talk about since the Wranglers came to Calgary, more fans here, kind of getting used to the the sort of different AHL schedule like that, but. You go from a high scoring game Friday against Henderson to sort of a, a defensive battle on Saturday. I don't know. Does it usually go that way? Do you usually see two different sides of a game or is it usually a little bit more even from game to game as far as the the style of play goes?
2: Yeah, you know, that's that's one of the things that um, you know, we get to do in the American League. We play a lot of back to back against the same team. Um So, you know, it it varies from night to night, just like any other hockey game. Um, You know, there's obviously different factors, players in another lineup, um, stuff like that. But, um, you know, it just depends on what what the game's going like. Uh, You know, each night, one team may be having it that night, and then the next, they may be struggling to find the net. You know, there's tons of different factors, but um, it's just trying to find a way to to play the the best style of game um, during that night.
1: How are you guys feeling uh, about your season as a whole with the Wranglers? You're on top of the pacific division a spot you guys found yourself in last year but maybe a bit different this season with all the call-ups to the flames and even uh some of the injuries that you guys have had to deal with lately it feels like it's been a a big committee with this group this year trying to maintain the same winning style you guys had last year
2: yeah you know i think it's awesome to see those guys go up and and, and you know i'd be playing great for the flames um and and like you said we've had a few injuries here lately and um, you know it's just doing the best with with what you got um you know ton of spots open for for guys to come in and you know make a name for themselves and um you know play some more minutes and um you know it, it's fun to be on the ice and compete and you know get everybody is ready for that challenge uh, whenever whether that comes and um you know just just taking it back to last year like we we always seem to find a way to win and um you know looking you know now this year it's kind of the same thing and um you know we're just looking forward to, to keeping this thing rolling
1: how's it been for you uh, on a personal level cole year two in the flames organization and year two with the the calgary wranglers you had a strong training camp you were right on the cusp of a spot with the flames and now uh, 33 games in your season with the wranglers how are you feeling on a personal level
2: yeah no i think coming back year two um you know i've just gotten that much more comfortable um you know with with myself and, and within the organization and um, you know, it's enjoyable. I, I really enjoy going to the rink with these guys. And, um, you know, it's, it's something very comfortable. It's it's easy to to say that you love what you do when, when you go to the rink and you're with people that, um, you know, love that same passion that you have. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of living that dream out of just, you know, having professional hockey be my, my profession and, and be my job. And, um, you know, I can't say, say enough good things about uh, the Flames organization as a whole. Uh,
1: how's it been for, for you as far as, you know, looking out and seeing, we heard a lot this offseason with the change at the Flames level, and you hear a guy like Craig Conroy say, "Hey, we we want to see young guys take a a big role with the Flames team on a on a you know more regular basis." And you've seen some of your teammates get that opportunity. Is that exciting for a guy like you, still young in an organization, to see the Flames committing to having young guys in their lineup and knowing that that opportunity is probably going to be there for you to have that shot as well?
2: For sure, yeah. No, I think that's. That's every kid's dream is to play in the NHL. And, um, you know, it's it's an opportunity that's on the table. But, again, it has to be earned. Uh, it's nothing that, you know, is just going to be given. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for all of us, for all young players, um, you know, in, in the Wranglers organization or, and all across the league, um, you know, I think everybody's always trying to find that, that extra edge that'll get them um, to where they want to go. And, um, you know, for me, it's just kind of keeping – keeping out what I've been doing and, and making sure that I'm doing everything that I can uh, to hopefully find myself there one day. Uh, how's it been for you
1: with the uh, new head coach, Trent Call? Obviously Mitch Love was here last year and uh, he's moved on to an opportunity at the Washington Capitals at the NHL level, but you guys have had Trent in there this year. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, finding yourself at the top of the Pacific division again, what's uh, the relationship like with your new head coach?
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's been great. Uh, he came in and um, you know, he's a very personal guy. Uh, he's got a great hockey mind and, um, you know, it's it's something going into every night that, you know, he he wants to win just as bad as we do. And, um, you know, it's easy to play for a guy like that.
1: Uh, you've got uh, the news today that Jacob Peltier is coming back down to you guys. You've uh, obviously got to play with him at times during last season. How much of a bump is it going to be? I know the energy level is going to rise in the locker room, having Pelts back around. How excited are you guys uh, to see him back around the rink on a more full-time basis?
2: Yeah, well, you said it right there. The energy level is going to be up. Um, <laughs> He doesn't stop moving his mouth, but uh, it'll be great. Uh, he's such an awesome guy. He's he's somebody that I got to you know kind of be alongside all last year, and um, you know great for him. Uh, it was tough to see him go down in training camp there, and I know that he's been working away at it every single day uh, to get to get back playing. And um, you know I, I'm pumped for him. He's he's a high energy guy, and he's somebody that just loves being around the rink. And um, you know we're excited to to have him with us for however long he is. Uh, I don't I don't imagine he'll be with us for too too long uh but he's uh you know he's one of those players that is the future of the flames. He's uh he's got all the tools and you know we're just excited to to have him for however long we do.
1: Uh one guy I wanted to take a chance to ask you about is Matt Coronado. He's uh leading scorer for the Wranglers this year. Obviously got to start with the Flames uh for a couple games and has spent the majority of the year down with uh with you guys in the A. How's it been having Matt around? What's it been like to see him sort of adapt to pro hockey and turn into this Sort of offensive force for you guys on a nightly basis.
2: Yeah, no, I think for for Maddie coming down, it wasn't really a question of his offensive side. He's he's such a highly skilled player, and he has a nose for the net. He's got an unbelievable shot. Um, you know, fans saw that in in training camp, and um, you know, he's I got you know lucky enough. He's my neighbor in my apartment building, so I see oh, a lot nice. of him. And um, he's just an unbelievable kid. Uh, it's Somebody that again, the fans can be very excited. Uh, you know, for the future and. Um, you know, he's 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 an ultimate competitor, same way that I can, you know, talk about everybody on our team, but uh, he loves being around the rink and uh, you know he'll be he'll be a big piece moving forward and uh, it's nice to see him um you know getting getting that accolade for sure.
1: Cole Schwintz along with us, Wranglers forward seventeen points in thirty-three games this season. Wranglers sits a welcome in Ontario for two games Thursday and Friday at the Scotiabank Sound. Lone. Just a couple more for you here, Cole. Uh, I wanted to ask you as a guy that's had experience with another AHL um, club in Charlotte. And I believe you had some time with Syracuse as well. Uh, Sort of the, we always talk about it in the media. And I think fans are are curious about the relationship, having the flames and Wranglers in the same building. We always assume that that's a big um, advantage for guys. And it's nice to be in the same building. Do you guys sort of see that the same way, knowing that you're around the dome all the time, the guys in the flames and the Wranglers sort of interacting on a pretty regular basis?
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I think, um, you know moving from you know a team in Charlotte that uh you know you had to take a flight to to get to Florida I think it's nice being in the same city um it, you know, especially for just being comfortable um you know if you do get called up you're you've already had experience you're comfortable in the dome uh you know you know your way around the city um you know it's it's nice to kind of have that uh connection here um you know I think one of the bigger things too is uh is just being able to you know if you once you do find that that niche that you can you know the the development team is here for you um everybody's here in the same city and uh you know it's it's enjoyable to then be able to go and watch games if you you know you day off you go and watch a plains game um and and, you know vice versa but i you know i know Zara's came to a couple of ours since he's been called up so it's nice to kind of be in the same city with everybody and and uh you know kind of enjoy our time here
1: uh, as we look ahead to the schedule, I mentioned you guys got uh, two with Ontario coming up Thursday and Friday. And then it gets kind of weird for you guys. You're on the road for the rest of your January schedule, but you've got Sunday to Thursdays off the next two weeks. And then you Friday, Saturday uh, through a couple stops in California. Is there a big adjustment period when the schedule's sort of as off as that, or are you guys really just kind of honing in on what's next for your group and then sort of just take the road trip when it happens?
2: Yeah, no, I think that's, that's the beauty of the schedule. Um, you know, we get th- this month, we had a whole ton of time at home, uh, especially coming off that the Christmas break that we had, uh, it's nice to be home and, and, you know, play in front of our fans and, and play in the dome. And, um, you know, when, once we go on the road, we got we got a long time and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's fun. We, 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 uh, try to make as much fun as we can, um, you know, doing something that we love. So all the guys on the road in the hotel is, is enjoyable and, Um, you know, especially being at home playing in front of our fans at the dome is, is, uh, you know, a big piece of it as well.
1: Uh, Cole, best of luck on Thursday and Friday, man. Continued success for you, uh, with the Wranglers. Hope to see you around, uh, the Flames on a more regular basis sooner than later, pal. Thanks for joining us today, man. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. Cole Schwint joining us, uh, Flames prospect and Calgary Wranglers forward, uh, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline 13.00. uh, excuse me, 17 points on the season in 33 games for Cole Schwint and a really uh, impactful two-way forward for that group right now. Uh, if you haven't been out to check out a Wranglers game or you haven't caught one uh, online, Cole's really developing into that. Sort of every situation guy for Trent Call and the Calgary Wranglers and they just 22 years old. Um, we talked about some of the young guys and maybe how this Flames team looks um, when maybe some bodies get moved out. Don't be surprised. Uh, If Cole Schwint is one of those guys that gets a long look up with the Calgary flames, he was right on the cusp following training camp. And uh, I don't think it's done anything close to hurting his stock when it comes to this organization about being one of the guys that the flames will rely on. Maybe not the, the high end offensive score, like a guy like Matt Coronado is, but I I think you win with guys like Cole Schwint who can do a little bit of everything for your group. And he's having a great season for the Wranglers And, look, he's been asked to do a a lot of different things. I talked about those call-ups with him. They're dealing with injuries, Dryden Hunt, Brent Sutter. uh, The list goes on and on. And so you're asked to do a little bit more when you're one of those reliable two-way guys like Cole is, and he's really, really handled it well. And I I don't think he's going to be a forgotten part when it comes to that Matthew Kachuk, uh, Jonathan Huberto swap with the Calgary Flames and the Florida Panthers. I think this is a guy. The Flames targeted in that deal as somebody that they were really excited to uh, to bring into the organization as part of that deal. And now year two with the Calgary Wranglers continuing uh, to be a great success story. So uh, thanks to Cole for joining us this afternoon. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Reese uh, from the Calgary Wranglers for help setting that up. Really appreciate uh, their time this afternoon on the program. Do have some Calgary Hitman news to pass along your way as well. The WHL's trade deadline rapidly approaching and the Calgary Hitmen have shipped out a familiar face this afternoon uh, about 45 minutes ago the team announcing that they have traded 20-year-old forward Sean Chagall to the Lethbridge Hurricanes in exchange for two picks in the 2025 WHL prospects draft a second round pick and a third round pick coming back to the Calgary Hitmen in exchange for forward Sean Chagall longtime member of the Hitmen drafted 4th overall in the 2018 draft, fifth round selection in the 2022 or 2021, excuse me, uh, NHL draft, but went unsigned by the Anaheim Ducks. He's 20 years old, played 246 games over five seasons with the Hitmen, putting up 193 points. Hitmen continue uh, their uh, 2024 campaign Friday at home against the Spokane Chiefs, a game you can hear right here on Sportsnet. 960 the fan this friday so uh some news out of the whl big trades continuing ahead of the trade deadline uh sean chagall moved to the lethbridge hurricane so he doesn't have to go far shan just uh just uh hop skip, and a jump over to lethbridge
0: yeah i liked him i i'm i'm not too happy i mean listen i understand the trade and you get a couple picks for for a player that's that's somewhat on the way out but uh i i really liked his game but uh lethbridge cam knows a lot about lethbridge and (laughs) a little different than calgary what a place to be
1: i thought the the big lights and bright city of uh of lethbridge a little different vegas yeah leth vegas that's that's what it's known as hey yeah leth vegas there's a few other nicknames for it uh radio appropriate yeah (laughs) listen i mean hey i went to school there the school is great the city is, yeah, uh, It's yeah. It's hey, great. Every, everything in Lethbridge is 15 minutes away from wherever you are, so it's got yeah. that going for it. It's a
0: great pizza place. I True. Actually, it was on diners, drive-ins, and dives. That is uh, very good. Diners, drive-ins, and dives went to Lethbridge? Yeah. It, really? I don't know the name of the place, but I took my basketball team there when I just met them, and uh, I ended up being, I, I was well-liked after that because it was such good pizza. We didn't play very well. Uh, very thick pizza. Good stuff, though. Hmm. Two guys in a pizza place. That's the one. Is that, that, is pretty that, right, Shan? that is correct that's a great place I recommend it to anybody hmm.
1: we'll have to find out if Shan's correct I just can't get over the fact that Shan said he was <laughs> well liked that's the, hard, was, that's the, was, the hardest part of trip. me believing that story <laughs> I left bridge having trip. good pizza yeah I can come up with that but I mean uh, I don't know Shan being liked just harder to wrap my head around yeah. uh, <laughs> that's Shan Vergerie, Cam Hughes along with us as well they're my outstanding producers On this uh, Monday edition of Sportsnet today, Uh, just wrapped up a chat with Flames prospect uh, and Wranglers forward Cole Schwint. Still to come, Justin Cuthbert's going to join us. We'll chat all things Toronto Maple Leafs after William Nylander signs an eight-year, $92 million contract extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's coming up as well. But we'll look ahead to the NHL schedule tonight. Flames obviously off. They're here for a a good old one-game homestand. Thanks, NHL. Really appreciate the one-game homestand, which might as well just be part of an extended road trip for the Calgary Flames. Uh, they welcome in Brady Kachuk and the Ottawa Senators Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Sound Dome. But as far as action goes, tonight on this Monday, four games to tell you about across the Sportsnet television network. You can catch the Rangers and Canucks at 5 o'clock. You've got the Battle of Pennsylvania, Penguins and uh, Flyers, excuse me, also going at 5. 6 o'clock start between the Stars. And the Minnesota Wild. And then at 7 o'clock tonight, the Boston Bruins at 24, 8, and 6 travel to Colorado to take on the Avalanche. So a pretty good uh, premier matchup there between the Bruins and the Colorado Avalanche. Four games, and again, Flames and the Senators go 7 o'clock Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Steinberg's got your Flames Talk pregame show. He'll get you set for the Flames and the Sens Flames Hockey with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960. The fans will get you set for that matchup tomorrow, but of course, everyone's still talking about the tough loss last night for the Calgary Flames uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. Disappointed, frustrated, um, just not good enough, really, the sentiment from a lot of people, including that of uh, Captain Michael Backlund. He spoke to the media uh, quickly last night as they were ready to board the plane and Get back to Calgary for this one-game homestand against the Sens, but let's hear from the captain, uh, Michael Backlund, his thoughts following his team's 4-3 loss to Chicago.
3: Considering it's the end of a road trip, three games in four days, how do you feel like you guys played today? Uh, not good enough. Um, if you want to be a playoff team, that's a game we got to win, I find a way to win. Um, yeah, it wasn't good enough. How do you develop that killer instinct against a team like this? Is that, is that a skill that you can develop? Yeah, I think today was more mental though. I felt like um, we weren't, um, just not dial in enough, and uh, um, that's just not enough. Uh, just no excuses for that. Overall, the road trip, how would you characterize it? What positives can you take out of it? Yeah, we played really well, started the trip, two really good games, and then we a our games slip um, against uh, Philly and Chicago here. Um, uh, yeah, started real well, and I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough when we start so well. We had a really good chance here to have a really good trip. And uh, yeah, the position we're in, going 500 on a trip, uh, it's not good enough. Everybody hand with you with back to backs, but how... how far are they? Well, today we, we played two midday games. That's no, that's not that hard. It's, uh, it's different when you play late again, arrive late at night. Um, those games are the hard ones, those back to backs. Uh, today, there's no excuse. Um, we're, we're used to going. Playing and practicing and working out every day, so um there's shouldn't be any fatigue today. There you go. That's Michael Backlund checking in
1: uh following the Flames lost Sunday to the Chicago Blackhawks. Just jumping back into uh producer Shannon. Apparently you were right, Shannon. Apparently that's the that's the go-to pizza place in in Leth, according to the text line.
0: Yeah, that play listen, I'm telling two you. Two guys place, pizza. Two guys into something, right?
1: Some, yeah, two guys into pizza. Yeah, two.
0: Five, five guys
1: in a pe- – no, that's different. No, that's different. That's a burger that's joint. That's different Logan,
0: I, I had a question for you. Okay. Related to the, the Flames loss against Chicago. Sure. I, the one that comes to mind is the, the, the Sharks and the Oilers game. Is that loss the worst loss for any team in the NHL this season?
1: Uh, I don't know that it resonates around the league as much as, as that Oilers one did it just given how bad things were for edmonton and how like historically bad things had been for san jose to start the season it's certainly the worst one on the year for the flames like there's no doubt about that like that chicago team is is bad it's it, it, there's no other way of and i'm not even trying to to unnecessarily rip on them they have more money sitting on ir right now than they do on their active roster.
0: Well their forwards had a cap hit of 14 million yesterday.
1: Yeah, that's not good. Not Ooh. good. That's that's not great. So well I don't think it resonates league wide as much as maybe that one did for the Flames, it's it's undoubtedly the worst. Like right now, their forward group is so thin. The only act they've got two active players that have a deal for next year. That's it. <laughs> and that's one year. Donato and Kuroshev have one year left on their contracts after this year. Everybody else that's currently playing is on an expiring deal. It's bad, man. That's bad. That's uh, and Mrazek tried to let you back into the game late, and you just kind of flubbed it. It just wasn't. Uh, I mean, let's 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 talk about. It. Let's go through the names that aren't playing for Chicago right now: Jones, Hall, uh, Tyler Johnson, the CU, Bolivier. Ah uh, Bouvillier, Fellino, Bedard, Joey Anderson, and Taylor Radish. That cap hit this year sits at thirty five point four million dollars.
0: That's gross. And those are those are not just like some of their players; those are all of their they're best, best players. players. Every single one of them. Their best players. The one got that stood out yesterday.
1: Yeah, their best players, their best forwards, best defensemen, easily. Probably their top, Bedard's their top forward. Hall's probably second. I don't know, Tyler Johnson, Athanasio, Bavillier all around the same. Yeah, I mean, it's bad. It's I, I understand why people were as frustrated as they were on social media and other places. You just can't, you're not good enough if you're the Calgary Flames to to walk into Chicago, regardless of how bad that roster is, and think that you were just going to cruise last night. You can't, or yesterday afternoon. thats It's been a problem for this group before. They tried to answer those questions last year when it cost them a playoff spot against Chicago. And again, said a lot of the right things. Said, we can't have these efforts. They were disappointing. We know better. We're going to be prepared for it. And they're just not. And it's the sign of a team that's, you know, right in the middle. It's kind of a, a mediocre group at times is an inconsistent group is because you show up some nights and you don't show up other nights. That's really the, the hallmark of an inconsistent team. And they'll have to deal with that. I don't know why they're. I don't know what the fix is, but yeah, it certainly cements for a lot of people the direction that this organization needs to go. Uh, This text comes in at 960960. Uh, It says, I don't know why everyone's getting so upset about our loss against Chicago, because we're going to be doing this for the next three to four years to rebuild the whole team. This is just the beginning. We should all just get used to it by now. And And I get that, and I understand that, if this team does go down a retool direction, that there's going to be, you know, losses to lower down teams, but that's no excuse for last night. Like that's no excuse for for this current group. They haven't traded Lindholm. They haven't traded Hannafin, Uh, They haven't traded Tanev. They should walk that group in Chicago last night easily and. They let Chicago outwork them. They let them dictate a lot of the play. And that's why it's frustrating for a lot of people because the talent gap was so far leaning towards Calgary's side. The only way that you could let Chicago into that game was if you let them outwork you. And that's exactly what you did. You just came in with a really mediocre to poor effort. And gave the Chicago Blackhawks the only out they needed in a game and that's just that's why I think so many people are frustrated about it. I think this Flames fan base is smart enough to understand when they move out veteran pieces and talented pieces that there's going to be losses. No one's arguing about that. That's an acceptable fate for teams that are rebuilding or retooling. The Flames aren't there yet and as Michael Backlund said if they fancy themselves as playoff a playoff team, well, you don't you don't lose games like that. And maybe that says everything you need to know about where this group is actually at. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to finish off the program, uh, chatting with uh, our pal Justin Cuthbert from Sportsnet. He's the co-host of the Fan Pregame Show. And William Nylander puts pen to paper with the Toronto Maple Leafs on a long-term contract extension. What does that mean about the future of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and uh, what's the reaction in Toronto to the first big long-term contract handed out by former Flames GM Brad Shaliving? We'll talk all of that and more when we come back here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
0: Well, I think it's important. Um, Listen, uh, I said it. When I first got here, there's some, there's some really good players. They're hard, to, they're hard to get.
4: They're hard to keep. And uh, when you got them, you try to keep on to them so, or hold on to them. So uh, I think it's a good day for us, um, a real good day for us to get him signed. We're excited to get him signed. Um, top player in what I believe just
0: entering the prime of his career. So we're excited, but it's a good day for us.
1: That is former Flames GM and now Maple Leafs general manager Brad Treliving. As his organization puts pen to paper with pending UFA William Nylander on an eight-year contract worth ninety-two million dollars, that's good for an AAV of eleven point five million. Quite the raise from the six point nine million that William Nylander's making this season. But when you're up to fifty-four points in thirty-seven games and you're outscoring a guy like Austin Matthews, yeah. You get paid $92 million uh, to chat about this extension and uh, what it means for the Leafs going forward. Very happy to go down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon and welcome in uh, co host of the fan pregame show on Sportsnet, uh, Justin Cuthbert, joining us this afternoon. Justin, thanks for the time, man. How are you?
4: Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, ALIS tells me great things about this program. So excited uh, for the opportunity to come on with you.
1: Oh, good to hear. I'm glad that. Ailish uh, took that 20 bucks I sent her and told her to uh, pass along good words. That's good to hear that that money's being spent wisely. Uh, glad to have you along, man, especially on such a busy day. I know you've been uh, making the rounds of some of our sister stations as well. I guess just your initial reaction to hearing the news, I know it's kind of been coming down the pipeline for a couple days now from insiders, but what was your initial reaction when you heard the news with Nylander signing pen to paper with the Leafs?
4: Yeah, you're right. Lots of time to digest, right? Because uh, we've been kind of hearing these numbers and trying to digest and sift through thoughts and, and try to figure out how all this is going to look and feel. And I think my first reaction is that the standing for William Nylander within the Leafs organization has probably improved this, this year with what he's done and, and improved, most importantly, I guess, in the eyes of Brad for a living, because he was thought as the number three, maybe number four for a while, at least by uh, earnings, he was number four. But where he was in the pecking order, like I-, I think it was a pretty distant three uh, behind Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. But now with this deal, I, I-, I feel like th- the money was so big that, yeah, there was reason for Brad for a living to walk away. But I think with what he's seen this year from Nylander, how Nylander has risen to the occasion in playoff series, and I know that hasn't really amounted to much, but he's been more consistent, and he's been better in the most important moments than Mitch Marner. He's played better than Mitch Marner this year. And I think with this deal, it was like, hey, what sort of reality are we looking towards in the future? Do we really want one that doesn't include William Nylander? I think the answer to that was a resounding no, and the rest of the chips will just fall into place after that.
1: Was there ever really any doubt, like real doubt, amongst observers in Toronto, Justin, that this – wouldn't get done just knowing the position that the Toronto Maple Leafs were in you know for most of the season being right around a wild card spot or as we talked today you know third in the division like were we ever actually talking about a world where people thought Brad Living was going to have to offload this guy at the trade deadline
4: not definitely not at the trade deadline I think they would have probably stomach the loss honestly unless there was an ultimatum of sorts I I think they probably would have held out hope that they could get this done and maybe just pay the price in the end, match whatever else was out there. Right. Like I I just don't think they were ever going to get to the point where they were going to trade this player. Uh, But I did think there was a world where they would walk away from the table. Uh, And if you told me 11.5 had to be the figure four months ago, six months ago, I would say, well, that's the, that's where we're headed. We're headed to a, a painful divorce here where he goes to the Chicago Blackhawks because he just values that extra one and a half, two and a half, whatever it is, million, that he could get on the open market as opposed to what the Maple Leafs were willing to offer him. But with the way he's played this year, and I'll give him all the credit in the world because apparently he put out this number. Uh, I don't know if it was closer to 12 or 11.5 or whatever, mm-hmm. but this was he was in this ballpark then. He was in this ballpark this summer with the initial talks with Bradshaw Living, and there could have been people laughing him out of the room, uh, but he came back this year and played like an $11.5 million player, and when you ask for it and then deliver on that promise, well, I think it makes it a little bit more palatable then. So I never thought they were going to trade him, especially before the deadline, uh, but I was never certain it was going to get done because we know William Nylander values himself maybe higher than at least people did before this year, but once everyone got on the same page, once he showed you he could be that player, uh, I think it made it easier.
1: Has there been a significant change in his approach and his day-to-day game that you've seen because look I mean we're talking about a guy that scored 87 last year and put up 40 goals but this year is just on a completely different pace has there been a noticeable change in his game that's you know led to this kind of success early on through 37 games
4: yeah, and some of this, I mean, if you're a cynic, you might be like, well, he's only doing this because it's a contract sure. year, right? He's, yeah. he's he's only he's only 100% every night because he has incentive to be. And that's really, I think it's easy to make that argument because William Nylander has shown in flashes every single year with this team that he can be a dominant player. He's been the best player on the ice for shifts, for periods, for games, for weeks, but it never really strung together into a complete season. I mean, he's, he's, it's not like he's put up the gaudy numbers that other people in this tier have, although he's on pace to do that this year. I I think the difference is that he's that player every night. He's that player every shift. Uh, He's, he's been that player from the start of the season. I mean, there's only a couple games this entire season where he hasn't at least hit the score sheet. I mean, he's been so unbelievably consistent and at times so unbelievably dominant that it's kind of changed the perception around him. And I think the worry would be, Hey, maybe it doesn't last. Maybe he's just doing it because yeah, that's what we see that in sports all the time. If you ever watch sports, you know, contract years generally get the best out of an athlete. Yeah. Uh, so that's the big concern. But if you were basing it on this year alone, he's been full value, 11 and a half million dollars.
1: And that's where I wanted to go next. Do you think there's going to be a sizable change in expectation with William Nylander with this new deal? Like, does he have to maintain the kind of scoring pace he's been put on this year? Or if he falls back to 80 points, will you know, people in Toronto be throwing their hands up saying they got ripped off in this contract? Like, Where does the expectation level sit for him coming down on this kind of deal?
4: Yeah, I think it's to be this player. Yeah, And maybe just a little bit more. Maybe there's other things you add. Uh, maybe there's a pen- more of a penalty-killing uh, thing. Maybe he shifts to center one day in a world where John Tavares can't play that position anymore. Sure. I think he's going to have to evolve to and in order, you know, if you're not evolving, you're stagnant. If you're stagnant, I guess you're devolving uh, in a way, at least in this league. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there will be a year where it's it's tough. The shooting percentage dips. He's maybe battling through an injury and it doesn't look good. Uh, I'm sure that's going to happen and the, and the fans will take note of that. But again, if it just happens at the right times, like if he just plays the way he has in a playoff, Series or a couple playoff series leads his team the best player in a series going to the eastern conference final making a stanley cup final one day like if he just does it when it matters the most people aren't going to be as hung up on it but there will be there will be a time where uh, everyone's not looking so favorably on the contract the decision and the player itself Um, but right now that's not at the top of my concern list
1: uh, chatting Toronto Maple Leafs and the new contract extension with William Nylander with Justin Cuthbert, uh, host of the fan pregame show on Sportsnet. You can find him on Twitter at JC Cuthbert. Uh, just a couple more for you, Justin. And as usual, and you would know this as well as anybody being in Toronto, uh, as soon as Penn hit paper with William Nylander, uh, the conversation in Toronto immediately turned to uh, the next biggest storyline. And of course that revolves around Mitch Marner and John Tavares, who, have one more year each on their current deals. Do you think this this contract with William Nylander has any real effect on the direction they were going to go with either of those two guys going forward?
4: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it affects uh, the Mitch Marner negotiation because, uh, like it or not, and I don't really know how involved Matthews is in this or Nylander himself, but I, I think uh, Mitch Marner, excuse me, is playing the one-up game. Uh, I think he... I think he'll see this figure, and he'll never he'll never want to go below it uh, in his next contract. I do think this is a big issue because I think uh, there's going to be some sort of internal competition there, whether it's spoken or unspoken, or just something that matters to the martyr camp itself. But if I'm like running down the repercussions here, the things that are concerning, I'm looking at the short term. Mitch martyr can sign a contract July one. I just feel like his camp's going to be chomping at the bit right now, searching for more money than William Nylander. Who knows, he might want more than Austin Matthews if he's going eight years. Like, I see this as an opportunity for him to like kind of go the extra mile and, and at least reason to make it difficult on the Maple Leafs themselves, when in reality I also see the flip side of it. I mean, if he wanted to earn some goodwill in the city, if he wanted to earn some goodwill among the fan base, he could settle for something less. And I think the same can be said about John Tavares. I mean, the big, the big, big big concern here is what this does to the Marner negotiation for me. But there are fixes. There's a Marner trade. And I think more specifically with John Tavares, if he's doing his captainly duty, and this is a guy who has zero leverage, William Nylander at all the leverage in the world. John Tavares, by the time his contract comes up, will not have any leverage whatsoever, at least I don't think. And if he decides to really, really step back, take about a 75% haircut, Uh, maybe go year to year or two years at a time and really make it easier on the Maple Leafs to build a team, you know, the 46 combined million it is next year. Can that drop to 38, 37, just because John Tavares realizes, Hey, I already made my hundred plus million in career earnings. And I came here to do something that hasn't been done yet. Uh, I think he could really, really solidify his legend in this city if he did that. But I think Mitch Marner, though I don't expect him to take an opportunity could earn some goodwill by just playing ball too.
1: And just kind of looking at it, I guess from a Marner perspective, Justin, it would be kind of hard for his camp to argue that he shouldn't get more when he's got a couple of 90-plus point seasons on his category, and, you know, uh, Nylander doesn't have any of those to talk about. I mean, it was one point away from 100 last year. Like, I, I, t- I definitely understand where you're coming from on that, and Marner's got a pretty good case to make if he does want to talk about getting paid more than Nylander, and I guess – then that conversation again shifts to you know roster construction and can you be that top heavy and still have success and still have enough depth throughout your lineup is that where this is going once again for the leafs
4: well I'll I'll quickly argue the other side on that if I'm going against Marner negotiations sure. here. I mean William Nylander e. is about to have the 100 point season Mitch Marner's without it. I know it's 99 points but we were joking about it last year like now we can't say you got 100 points right like <laughs> yeah. you can't use that in your favor because <laughs> you didn't get that under the point but it's true William Nylander e. is going to have the better season like I, I undoubtedly I cannot envision a world where William Nylander e. doesn't surpass 100 points and have a better statistical season than Mitch Marner's ever had this year. He also doesn't play with Austin Matthews like Mitch Marner does. At least he does sometimes, but not as much as Mitch Marner. And the big difference for me, and if you're looking at internal, external view, whatever you want to do, Nylander rises to the occasion in the playoffs. And Mitch Marner has yet to do that, at least in my eyes. I, I do think there's a reason why or a reason for arguing that well, Nylander is leapfrog Mitch Marner in terms of importance in this organization. And if he's done that and that's brought to the fore in negotiations – maybe it leads to a scenario where Mitch Marner doesn't feel like he's, you know, appreciated the way he expects to. And that's being one rung below Marner or Matthews, excuse me, as opposed to one rung behind William Nylander.
1: Are are Leafs fans concerned, like as far as Brad Trilliving making, you know, uh, his stamp on this team, does it feel like it's, it's changed a lot from, from the way that Kyle Dubas has handled business? Like, you know, going back to, to a bit of the, the conversation we had earlier, is this, you know, a worry with Leafs fans that there's again going to be too much money put forward for these three or four guys, and the rest of the roster is going to to suffer. Justin, is that still a conversation being had after this extension?
4: Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's definitely going to be. It's definitely going to be tight. I mean, that's just the reality here. I think for Brad Treliving, Uh until he makes a, a move to alleviate any cap pressure, he's going to have to play the same game that Kyle Dubas was pretty expert at, which was finding talent around the margins but i'll give brad for living a lot of credit he's done that he's brought in a couple guys this year for basically nothing that have had massive massive influences on the success of this team this year i mean they'd be nowhere without martin jones right now noah gregor's been a great add to the fourth line simone benoit is playing top four minutes for this team right now and playing really really well i mean these are guys kyle dubas would have never brought in save for maybe gregor but simone benoit for sure uh, and it's worked the same way. Uh, I, I mean, his ability to evaluate talents at the pro level is going to be of utmost importance. And right now, I mean, the, the Bertuzzi ad was a bit of a luxury. Domi, maybe it hasn't worked out as quite as good as, as you'd expect. Um, but I think what Bradshaw Living's done in terms of free agents has been he passed. he's passed those that test with flying colors, and that's going to have to be his major, major tool here moving forward, getting good players on the cheap to surround this core That's just in the name of the game. If you keep playing paying these players and signing these contracts, what seems like every other year.
1: Uh, before I let you go, it's a conversation I have. It feels weekly with, with Ailish, but uh, more so last week after Ilya Samsonov was uh, sent down to get a mental and physical restart, which is never good when you're talking about a starting goaltender, Justin. Uh, as far as the rest of the year goes for, for Brad Chaliving, is is goaltending a focus? Is adding to this decor a focus? Obviously, if a, a playoff run is in the future, we always look towards the trade deadline and where teams would add. Where are you looking at for this group as to where Brad Trolliving most needs to sort of patch things up as they get closer to the postseason?
4: Yeah, interestingly enough, I think the Samsonov capitulation, if you want to call it that, has kind of given a, uh, a new tool. Uh, that Bradcher Living can use. I mean, he's paid $3.5 million, uh, just over, actually. So if you're able to parlay Samsonov's money, plus prospect capital, whatever you want to call it, into a defenseman and maybe a third goaltender because Martin Jones has sufficed as a number two, then maybe you solve all your issues kind of in, in one fell swoop here. I, I actually think, you know, uh, clearly Samsonov is, is not going to be a, a goaltender they can rely on this year. I, I think that ship has sailed. So why not use that money to supplement this group? This group has been incomplete since jump this year. Uh, and I expect uh, Brad for living to go out and add a defenseman. And I think since Samsonov uh, has failed and since Martin Jones has really, really delivered on the promise of a third net uh, I think uh, there's sort of a means to an end here. And, and I expect Brad living to, uh, to follow through on it.
1: Uh, Justin really appreciate the time. Great stuff, man. Uh, I know you've been busy today with the news and, Hopping on a couple of different radio stations. Thanks for giving us some time uh, out here in Calgary. Have a great show today, and uh, I don't care what Ailish says about you. Your uh, your thumbs up in my books, pal.
4: I appreciate it, of course. <laughs> uh, call me anytime. I'll jump on. Happy to do
1: it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. Take care, man. Justin Guthbert joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. He and our Wednesday regular Alish Forfar uh, combined for the fan pregame show on Sportsnet. Uh, big news for the Toronto Maple Leafs, 11 years, 11 years, eight years, 11.5 million. Don't laugh at me, Shan. Uh, eight years, $11.5 million for a total of $92 million uh, for William Nylander. He gets paid by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Next up for Toronto, they're in action. On Tuesday, they welcome in the lowly San Jose Sharks, who have nine wins on the season and have lost their last 10 games. So... It uh, seems like a good night for San Jose to maybe pick up a win tomorrow. We'll wait and see. Uh, appreciate Justin jumping on with us. Really busy day out in Toronto with that Nylander news coming down. So appreciate him making some time for us on the show today. We're putting a bow on it. It's been a busy one. Uh, Emily Sadler joined us to talk NFL. Cole Schwint, Wranglers forward, Flames prospect joined us an hour or two. Justin Cuthbert just joined us talking all things Leafs, Leafs and William Nylander. If you missed any of it. Check us out on the podcast. They go up minutes after every hour. finishes here on Sportsnet 960. So give us a follow. We'd love to have you along for the ride. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. You can find me on Twitter at Fan960Logan. Uh, thanks for listening whether live or on the podcast. We appreciate you. Thanks for texting in if you sent us a text today. Uh, and thank you to my outstanding producers, Cam and Shan, for their great work on this Monday. Really appreciate everything they did. We will be back on Tuesday to get you set for the one home game uh, this week for the Calgary Flames. They welcome in the Ottawa Senators. We'll get you set on a game day. Enjoy your Monday evening. Stay warm. We'll catch up with you on a Tuesday, same time, same place, right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.